Can you hear me? Good morning. Hope you guys are doing well today. All right, so my name is Pastor Anson. Again, I just want to welcome you guys here uh, today, and I'm so glad you're here uh, for week four of our Advent series, because I get to talk about love today. And just was like was mentioned earlier, love, I think, is sort of, a, of, of the start of how we get to hope, peace, and joy. Because without God's love, we can't experience a greater hope, peace, or joy in our lives. Now, we can have some of that because through God's grace, all of us can experience some of that. Believer or non-believer, you can experience those things. And, and they're all designed to draw you to God's love. But as you step into that love, you step into the presence of Jesus, you will have greater hope, greater peace, and greater joy. And so that's what we're going to talk about um, this morning. All right, so I don't know if you know this or not, but the world is constantly looking for love. I don't know if you've noticed this or not. All right, so we're searching everywhere we can, and they're writing about it, and they're making movies about it, and they have romantic comedies, and it's in music, um, and it's in... Lord help us, it's in, you know, reality TV and all this stuff, and we're looking for it, and we're taking what the world is telling us about love, and we're trying to apply it in our own lives, and that doesn't exactly work, because what we've boiled love down to is, does it make me happy? Does this person make me happy? Does this thing that I have make me happy? Can I be happy? if you don't understand God's love, I'm not so sure you understand love. But we got all this coming at us from all these directions. And so um, what happens is this world cannot make you happy. And I hope you've realized that this world cannot. And so we always flip to plan B, right? I'm going to make myself happy. I'm going to love myself I'm going to buy what I want to buy. I'm going to do what I want to do. That's plan B. That's control. That's power. I don't know, whatever you want to call that. The truth is tough. Because in actuality, it's the God of the universe, the most powerful being that we can imagine, the creator of everything, came down as a baby to show us that he loved us. And that is, that is just hard for us to believe. And so without that kind of understanding, we just fall into all these, all these traps that the world has. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to try to sort of explain a little bit um, like this. And so imagine I'm standing, well, you don't have to imagine I'm standing here, I'm actually here. So, so imagine I'm here telling you I love you. So I love you. And that's it. You probably think, yeah, probably he does. I mean, he's, he's all right. You know, his wife is pretty cool. You know, he, he hasn't done anything necessarily. And so until he does something, then I'm going to believe him. He loves me, right? But what if I, um, what if I said, here, I have this gift for you. So I love you, 
and I'm going to give you this, this gift. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, all of it. This gift is for you. So in your head, you might be thinking, okay, maybe he loves me a little bit. I mean, he gave me something, right? So, so imagine it this way. What if I told you I loved you, but then I took something that is very precious to me, like, like literally in my heart, something that I treasure beyond anything, not, not a monetary value thing, but something that I just treasure. And I said, because I love you, I'm going to give you this, whatever it is. And you're probably thinking of something that you hold treasure. I'm going to give you this. Does that sound familiar to you? This is what God has done. And my, my first point today is that God's love has been revealed to you. There's no secret, okay, right? You don't have to look very far. God's love has been revealed to you. So we'll talk a little bit about that. So the, the narrative that we read, and I, I think it's a beautiful part of the, of the nativity story, but I found a really, really interesting contrast in that. And so um, Matthew, 1, Matthew 2, verse 1 and 2 says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the territory of Judah, during the rule of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem. They asked, Where is the newborn king? of the Jews. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on the Magi. There's, there's quite a bit out there. You can do your own research. But what I want to talk about today is that the Magi came on a very long journey, right? We're not exactly sure how they knew to come to honor the newborn king, uh, maybe from some, some Jewish uh, exiles in the area. I, I'm going to believe that an angel of the Lord appeared to them because later in the verse, an angel of the Lord talked to them. Angels of, had talked to Joseph and Mary and the shepherds, and so that is probably not very difficult to believe. But anyways, they came. They traveled a very great distance. I think some people, if I'm reading it right, it's like 9,000 miles. I mean, it's crazy what they traveled to get there. On the way, they stop at Jerusalem because a king is going to be in the palace, right? You would think that. So they stop by. They talk to, to Herod the Great, who is terrible, by the way. And so they stop and talk to Herod the Great. Herod says, no, he's not here. Why don't you go find him? Let me know where he is, and then I'll come and honor him. So they continue the journey, and it's only like less than a day from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. And they find the child, and they worship him. And they worship him. And so I believe the Magi come in to honor a king like, like people would. But as they stepped into the presence of Jesus, they knew, and they, and they honored him, and they worshiped him, and they laid their treasure at his feet, okay? Now, these were very expensive to them, but treasure nonetheless. And so, here's the contrast. Herod, when he hears the Magi have come to, to find the baby, right, he's troubled, and it says, it's, I think it says, like, all of Jerusalem is troubled. And so that kind of is interesting. But he, he calls all the leaders together. He has a big powwow. Um, and he says, hey, what did, what did the Bible say about the Messiah? And the guys say, oh, it's, it's written like this. And this is what the prophet says. You, Bethlehem, land of Judah, 
By no means are you least among the rulers of Judah, because from you will come one who governs, who will shepherd my people Israel. Here's the contrast I think is weird. What did the religious rulers do? Nothing. They did nothing. Now, for 400 years, they've been reading and learning and talking about the Messiah. That's what they've been waiting for. This has been prophesied, predicted, and they did nothing. I mean, I, I would imagine I'd want to go, right? I'd want to go check this out, at least pay a visit and see if there's anything valid to what the Magi are saying, right? I would want that. Herod and the religious leaders didn't want anything to do with the presence of the Messiah, the presence of Jesus. They knew, they knew that if they stepped into that presence, it would cost them their treasure, which in this case was control. They had control, they had power, they had control of the people, the, the economy of the land. They ran it all. And I, I think that was just too much for them to give up. And so, and so there's the contrast. You don't have to know. I mean, you can know all there is about Jesus and not step into the presence of Jesus. Or, or you can make that journey and come face to face with the Messiah and let him change you. It says it this way in 1 John. John was a, uh, an apostle of Jesus who was with him throughout the ministry, at the death, at the resurrection. At the end, he wrote several books, and he's got a lot to say about love, and there's tons in here. But this verse is what we're going to use today. 1 John 4, 7 through 10 says, Dear friends, let's love each other because love is from God, and everyone who loves is born from God and knows God. So hold right sec for a second there. Everyone who loves is born from God. Then say everyone who is from God loves. Everyone who loves is born of God. It's almost like you can't separate the two. So let's continue. Verse 8. The person who doesn't love does not know God because God is love. But what do you know? That's what we just said. This is how the love of God is revealed to us. God has sent his only son into the world so that we can live through him. This is love. It is not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice that deals with our sins. And so, again, it, it is not a secret. I mean, God is plainly telling us right there that I love you so much that I sent my son to give you life and give you fuller life, right? And so let, let's go back to a more familiar verse. So everybody's familiar with John 3, 16, right? And most of us could probably spin it right off. I'm going to read it real quick. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him won't perish but will have eternal life. That is a great verse. We love that verse. It, it almost, and I'm not trying to patronize this, but, it, but it's almost like our banner verse, right? This is what we would, we would hold up and we'd say, world, look, this is what God did for you. Have you ever read this passage and knew this is what God did for you? I'm going to read it real quick, and this is how... I think 
that I want to read it. If I was reading the Bible myself and thinking about God's love, and, and I'm not trying to change the Bible, but, but listen to it this way. God so loved me that he gave his only son so that I, who believes in him, won't perish, but have eternal life. Yeah, that, that should convince you. But it doesn't sometimes. And sometimes we are a little wishy-washy. It brings me to my second point. God's love is constant. Constant. The same. So imagine God's love. This is God's love over here. It's there. It's in the same spot forever. And this is us over here. We're like this. We're like all over the place, right? We're, we're almost like a roller coaster. We're, we're up and down. And, and what I'm trying to say is sometimes we're, we feel closer to God. Sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're, we're, we're reading and we're praying and we're doing things that, that draw us into his presence. And sometimes we're not doing those things. And so God's word is repeatedly, repeatedly reminding us that he is with us, right? Emmanuel, God with us. This is, this is what the entire Christmas season is about. Advent that, that we worship is God with us. It's constant. He's here, right? We're the ones. We're the ones that are constantly moving back moving away, moving forward sometimes. We're the ones, and yet he still loves you. He loves you through your inconsistency, right? He loves you through your pettiness. <laughs> he loves you through your garbage. But he also loves you when you're praising him. He loves you when you're laying your gifts at the altar. He he's, loves you constantly. There's another verse that reminds us of this. Romans 5.8 says, But God shows his love for us because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners. So this is before? He loved us before? Before I said yes? Yes. That's what this means. God loved us before. His love is constant, okay? And so we talk all the time about God's presence. God's presence is here. It's with you. There is not a thing that you've been through, even before you were a believer, not a thing you've been through where God wasn't with you, right? We're the ones. We're the ones that have to choose to step into the presence of Jesus, lay our gifts at his feet, and let him transform our lives. That's what God's love is about. Hebrews 13.8 says this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That should be a relief to you. That should just, that should just give you that sense of peace. Because now you don't have to struggle anymore. You don't have to go day by day wondering if God loves you. You don't have to go day by day wondering if God is with you. You don't have to struggle that way because he is the same yesterday, today, 
and forever. You don't have to prove yourself to God. He loves you. He loves you where you are now, right? Not more mature you, not more successful you, not you 10 years ago. He loves you now, the way you are. And he doesn't, he, he doesn't want you to go one more day without freedom from bondage of sin. And all he's asking, all he's asking is to lay that at his feet and step into the presence of Jesus. And he'll transform you. Um, the last thing I need to talk about, and we've talked about this a lot over the past year in different ways. But the third point is God's love inspires us to love others, okay? And so in 1 John um, chapter 4, just verse 11, it says this, Dear friends, if God loved us this way, we also ought to love each other. Now, ought is kind of an odd word, but really it just means this is what you should be doing. Um. Now, all of 1 John 4 is great about love. And um, I'm in a Bible study with some guys. We call it the dudes group. But we've been doing it since uh, March. Um, and it's, it's what we're going to talk about later with the small group. So I'll get to that later. Um, and we, we, we read the verse. We read it again. We, we try to retell the story. And then we pick it apart and, and find where we are in that story. If you want something um, like that, this 1 John 4 is absolutely wonderful for that because it has so much information about love um but god's love inspires us to love others um i'm gonna tell you a little story and so i got saved uh when i was a teen about 15 all right um and looking back now i can i can see that i stepped into a moment with jesus i mean when when i when i asked him into my heart, I, I, was, I was overwhelmed, and I knew it, and I wasn't the same for a couple of days, but years go on, and, and, and I didn't know anything about Christianity, didn't know anything about the faith, so about 12 years go by before we finally get plugged into a, a church, okay? So then we get plugged into a church, and, you know, I, and I'm, I'm doing everything I know to do, right? And I'm serving, and I'm studying, and uh, and I'm learning how to pray and doing all these things. And this is, this is that part while I was talking about, this is like a roller coaster, right? Some weeks I was good. Well, some months probably. Some months I was good. Some months, boy, I just did my own thing and just walked away. And then other, other years maybe I was doing pretty good, you know, and, and thinking, thinking serving was, was the way in. And then other, other years, man, maybe not so much. So go another 10 years of that roller coaster, up and down, roller coaster, up and down. So another 10 years go by, and I get invited to a retreat. It's a, it's a spiritual retreat. It's, it was really cool. It's three days, uh, almost like a crash course discipleship kind of a thing. Um, but you go, and uh, people feed you, and, and there's sessions and, um, like, workshops, just different things, really cool. And then plenty of time, plenty of time to sit at the feet of Jesus and, and read and pray and contemplate. So I get to the end of this retreat, and it's really great. Don't, don't get me wrong. Everything about it was, was really great. I get to the end of the retreat, and it's almost the, almost the last thing, and I walk in. Hmm. 
and I'm overwhelmed again. Because what I hadn't realized was that there was a group of people that, that didn't know me, and they'd been preparing things for me all week, cleaning my room, cleaning the restroom, preparing the meals, preparing these sessions for us all weekend long. I didn't know them. They didn't know me. And so I was overwhelmed by the love that they had for me that I knew was from an overflow of the love that God had for them. And so immediately it took me to the cross. Man, if these people love me that much and all they're doing is, you know, serving me, man, God loves me that much more to save me from myself, to save me before I knew him. And in my, in my mind, it was before he even knew me. Now, we know that's not true. He knows us. But in my mind at the time, before, before he knew me, he loved me and died for me. So this is what we're talking about here. When you show the love of God to people around you, it gives them a glimpse of God's love and draws them to him. And it gives them a chance to step into the presence of Jesus where they too can be transformed. So everything that we're doing should be to that end, right? So prayer and study and, and as we invite uh, people into community with us and things like that, it is all so that they have an opportunity to step into God's love, to step into the presence of Jesus. And I know, I know we kind of we harp on, on inviting people, invite, invite, invite. It's, and it, I know it sounds like we want to fill seats. That's what it sounds like to me sometimes. That's not what it is. It's not what it is. And so if you understood God's love in these terms, why wouldn't you want everyone you know to have a chance to step into the presence of Jesus and be transformed. And so I'm going to leave you with a takeaway here, a couple of questions. First question is, do you truly believe that God loves you? And there's going to be two answers, of course. If the answer is no, if the answer is no, don't stop what you're doing. Continue to read, continue to pray, continue to find those ways where you can step in the presence of Jesus. Trust me, I've, I've tasted it, and I've tasted it several times, and it is good. It is good. And so if your answer is no to that question, Please reach out. Please reach out to me or one of the pastors, and we will walk side by side so that you can feel God's love. If your answer is yes, then this second question is for you. Are you allowing God to use you to show his love for others? We read that verse, John three sixteen, and uh, it says, everyone, God so loved the world right? Not just the people you like, not just the people that don't get on your nerves, right? Everyone. 
Is that hard? Yes, it's hard. <laughs> yes. But that's what we're called to do. Let us help you. We will help you. So if anything about today touches your heart and you have questions and concerns or, look, listen, I went 10 years, 10 years and didn't know the fullness of God's love, okay? So if you're in that place, let me know. We'd love to talk. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your amazing love. We thank you so much for the opportunity to step into the presence of Jesus and allow him to transform our hearts. And as we lay our treasures at his feet, those things that we are holding so tight, too tight maybe, those treasures that we hold above a relationship with you or we hold that really is in the way of us stepping into your presence. Help us to lay those down, Lord, and you will do amazing things in our lives, in our families' lives. And so we thank you for this day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.